0: A with Bishop Julian Porteous. In this episode of QA with Bishop Julian, we'll find out all about the bishops and their titles, some more questions about marriage, and how do you know God is calling you to the priesthood? Hello and welcome you're listening to Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous and uh, Bishop Julian joins me once again for a program that p- people are starting to listen to Bishop Julian <laughs> and uh, I thought today we will we'll vary it up a little bit and I was going to say as a bishop what often what are the most often questions you get asked uh, when people come up and see you?
1: Uh, Adrian it's funny you should ask that question because uh I often find that people will, uh, will confess to me that um, the big question on their minds before they met me was, how do I address the bishop, what do I call him, what, what's the title I should give him? And I know that's often a question that uh, Catholics are uncertain about, and they, they want to try and get it right if they're being a bishop. So maybe it's an opportunity just to, to explain um, the titles that are normally uh, accorded to, to a bishop firstly you might explain that the traditional title of a bishop is my lord bishop uh, now that still remains the official title but a lot of people in australia particularly i think find that just not the easiest or most natural title to to adopt so rather than say my lord they they look for something else and i, and I think these days many people uh, are happy enough or feel more comfortable calling a bishop just Bishop Julian, and I'm very happy with that. I think that's a, a natural thing. Like you might say, Father Smith, and you, um, you can say Bishop Julian. Often use the first name, the um, Christian name, rather than the surname. I'm very happy with that, and I think that's the way a lot of people um, feel comfortable in addressing a bishop. There's another t- title that's uh, that's used a bit, certainly in um, in Europe, and I notice it's growing stronger in the United States. And that's to address a bishop as Your Excellency. That's another alternative, and I think that's quite appropriate. And so I find, particularly a few people I know in the States, when they uh, are writing to me or they're, they're talking to me, they'll address me as Your Excellency. Of course, if you're in Italy, uh, they'll, always, they'll always say Excellenza. They'll Excelenza. always <laughs> Excellenza. They'll always like to uh, use that title. It's a bit of a... Uh, a generic title. I think you can get away with that with an archbishop um, yeah. as well as a bishop. So uh, that's another title that can be used, and it might take on in Australia. But in Australia, at the present moment, I think most people are happy to uh, call um, a bishop by the the simple title bishop, bishop James, bishop John, bishop Julian, and so on.
0: And and then there's um, obviously different levels of titles. But sometimes you hear, uh, well, I hear. You know, you've got Father Father Bill, um, Father Greg, whatever their name may be. But then they, when they're addressing it, it's reverent and most reverent. What's what's the deal on that one?
1: Uh, that's another good question. Uh, when you become a priest, uh, you're, and in fact when you become a deacon, uh, you're given the title reverend. Right. So a deacon is entitled Reverend Mister.
0: Reverend missed it, yes. Um,
1: but a priest is reverend father, right? Okay. Yeah. And when you become, as I discovered, when you become the rector of a seminary, you are entitled. You are entitled as very reverend. Okay. So uh, I think a dean of a cathedral would also be very reverend. When you become a bishop, you are most reverend.
0: You're most reverend. <laughs> so they are the
1: degrees, if you like, a deacon, a priest, um, a, a, a a priest is exercising a very particular role in the, the diocese. And then finally, a bishop is most reverent.
0: And there's more demands on your spiritual life with a title like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, there is. He always thinks he'll have to be most reverent. reverent. <laughs> and uh, let's
0: so we've gone through, obviously, a priest is father. Then we have the term Monsignor.
1: Is that an honorary title? How does that work? Yeah, That's largely an honorary title. And uh, Monsignor is still a priest. I think it's always important to remember in the church, there are only actually three degrees, if you like, of the priesthood. There's a deacon, a priest, and a bishop. Mm. Um, But within those, there can be uh, various honorary positions. In, In ancient times, they used to have archdeacons, for instance, but we don't tend to have those today. Um, and a priest, uh, there is an ancient title too, too called an archpriest, but generally speaking these days, a priest who is maybe the chancellor of a diocese, the dean of the cathedral, or somebody who's performed uh, quite uh, special services to the diocese, becomes uh, is, is uh, formally uh, installed as a, as a monsignor, and it's just a, an honorary uh, honorific title, if you like, given to to a priest, so you can have a uh, a monsignor.
0: and can a bishop be a monsignor, and what happens when a monsignor becomes a bishop?
1: Well when a monsignor becomes a bishop, he's no longer <laughs> uh, because he's a he's a very reverend monsignor becomes a most reverend bishop <laughs> so he ceases to be a monsignor, but you can't have a, a bishop then as a as a monsignor. But the other thing that might be worth noting, of course, if you look at those who know a bit of language would know that Monsignor is basically the English translation of uh, of the French and Italian, which is Monsignor in uh, French, yes, which is my lord. Mm. So Monsignor actually carries the title my lord. So just to further complicate matters.
0: So in some ways I'd, I'd be... Correct in calling you, uh, if I said it in French, monseigneur, or however you'd say it, uh, would be my lord. Now, we've got cardinal. Now, that's your eminence, isn't it? Yeah,
1: That's correct. Mm. Maybe to, to run through the, the stage of the bishop, yeah. you have a, a bishop is, as I said before, bishop or mm. my lord bishop. An archbishop. Oh, we forgot about them. Yes, an archbishop is your grace. Your grace as an archbishop. A cardinal is um, your eminence. And the Pope, of course, is your holiness. So they're the the titles appropriate for each of those positions. Who came up with these? I think they just go (laughs) way back in history.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to your questions. And uh, remember, you can ask us questions um, at any time. And Henry from Sydney has given us a call.
1: I want to know... If a catholic is is otherwise free to marry may he or she marry someone who's been married in the anglican church and who has divorced so the catholic has not is either single or widowed or annulled and the woman has married in the anglican church being a, an anglican uh, and she is now divorced can he marry that woman in the Catholic Church? Bishop Julian. Henry, thank you for the question. Um, These things are uh, never easy because there's often a lot of complex factors behind the situation of people who have been married and, and then got divorced. But essentially, if a Catholic person is free to marry, then obviously they can marry someone. But it's important that the person they marry is also free to marry. Now, in this particular instance that you've raised, somebody has been married in the Anglican Church. Now, presumably they're Anglican, or they—they they the marriage took place uh, correctly and appropriately. So one would presume then that uh, that is a valid marriage. And so yeah, so that person would be bound by that marriage. So even if they uh, divorce from that marriage, um, they would still be, in the church's eyes, still be bound by that marriage. Uh, And so if that was a case and a Catholic wanted to marry someone who was previously married and divorced, it would be necessary for that person to approach the marriage tribunal in the Catholic Church to see whether there are grounds by by which that marriage can be annulled. And if if that marriage is able to be annulled, then that person would be free to marry, obviously, marry a Catholic in the church. So that is something that would uh, have to go to the marriage tribunal for a determination. So what
0: you're saying is, in essence, a person who's been validly married within the Anglican Church is recognised by the Catholic Church.
1: That's correct. Uh, The Catholic Church recognises that anybody who's married um, in another church or married civilly, they have married according to their understanding of the nature of marriage as a binding union, and therefore uh, they're bound by it. And so the church is not in a position to say, well, it doesn't matter that you've been married before. The church says, no, it does matter. We would recognize that that person uh, is, to all intents and purposes, validly married and therefore not free to marry. But as I said, there can be grounds upon which um, they could approach the, um, the, the marriage tribunal of the Catholic church, and uh, there, an annulment could be granted in, in some instances.
0: And we've got our very first question from Perth, from Western Australia. Good to hear that the uh, Western Australians are on board. Uh, David's call in.
1: I just want to find out how do you.
0: This is a bishop for uh, a question for Bishop Porteous. How do I, how do you know if you're being called to the priesthood? Um, I often think about it. I often pray about it. But I would just like to find out from Bishop Porteous how do you know that God is calling you to go through and serve. Him? Wow, it's a simple question yet can be quite deep. You've been head of a seminary and I guess you've dealt with this uh, quite a lot in your experience.
1: I have, Adrian. And uh, David, I I appreciate the fact that uh, you've been thinking about and praying about the priesthood, which is terrific. And I I think think many young Catholic men do at some stage or other ask themselves a question. If they're serious about their faith, maybe they've got involved in the church in a particular way and contributing. Maybe some priest has come up to them and, uh, and said, listen, have you thought about a vocation? Or maybe it's just very simply that they've watched the priests in, in action and seen a really priest, a great priest that they admire and have wondered, can I do that? Is that for me? Um, so I think it's firstly, one would say it's a very natural thing for um, many young men in the church to at least pause and ask the question. And I think that's a very good thing to do. I I think it's good for a man uh, certainly to pose the question to himself and to consider it. And if it comes out in the end that he feels, no, I'm not called, well, that's good. He, He knows then, rather than go through life perhaps and wonder, was I called to the priesthood? So, Dave, the fact that you're asking yourself the question, the fact that you're praying about it, you're thinking about it seriously, that's firstly a very good thing. But just to go on and answer your question more particularly, we're dealing with an area of mystery here. In the end, um, the priesthood is what we call a vocation. It's a calling. So we end up becoming a priest, not so much because we want to be a priest. I mean, one would presume that's the case as well, but... In the end, the reason we become a priest is from a conviction that this is God's calling for me. This is God's calling on my life. Now, to, to uh, be able to clarify that, be, be be clear about that, and understand that, um, is not an easy process. <clears throat> In some ways, I think we just have to um, go through the initial processes of um, asking ourselves a question, praying about it, and it's a good question to ask the Lord: Lord, is this? Is this what you want for my life? Is this what, are you calling me to be a priest? I think that's not a bad question to put in prayer to God. Then I think you look at yourself. um, And if you find that there's an attraction to the priesthood, if you sense yourself even imagining being a priest, if you sense that, uh, that it rests well in your heart, you feel comfortable with the idea you feel yeah this just feels right this this is something that uh, maybe I could do then that's a good sign and it's probably at that stage that it's good to talk to somebody who could uh, assist you in this process of discernment a very good person to start with would be your own parish priest or a priest that you know well just to go up and say look we have a little chat I'm just thinking about the priesthood I'm not sure and so on then if you still um, have some um, serious interest and you want to go further, then often a diocese will have a vocations director and will have uh, maybe retreats or discernment weekends or something on offer whereby you could go and meet with some other men who are considering the priesthood, have some further uh, prayer, have material for reflection. So there may be opportunities there to explore it further and to test it further. Um, And then in the end, um, we never enter the seminary with, Absolute certainty, because life is a journey of faith. It's not just based on absolute conviction. And that's one of the beauties and also one of the very mysterious aspects of, of, the, of, a, of being a Catholic, of living the Catholic life. It's,
0: it's almost that old term which, which people use called to test your vocation, isn't it? To, to actually put it you know, in some ways into
1: action. It's very true. and I think, I think that whole, whole idea of testing is, is a very useful thing. In the end, if you decide to go into the seminary, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're definitely going to become a priest. But what you are, in fact, doing is seriously testing your vocation now. You've actually entered the seminary. As seminary rector, I used to often think that a fellow who came into the seminary and just felt at home, just felt right among the, uh, in, in the companionship of the, uh, of his fellow seminarians, enjoyed the, the life of the seminary in terms of its structure of prayer and study and so on. And, and certainly later on when they, the par- seminarians get assigned to parishes, if they enjoy the parish experience, find themselves wanting to engage with people, feeling that they're making a contribution to people's lives and feeling a satisfaction with that. All these sorts of things along the way uh, are testings. And, you know, sometimes a fellow says, um, look, I've lived this for a while, but I really know it's not for me. And that's good. They've tested it and found that it's not for them.
0: And I can actually probably help out a little bit myself in the fact of I thought God may have been calling me to the priesthood at one stage. And and I actually went and tested it and took the steps to go into the seminary did the spiritual direction and i actually got accepted into the seminary but it was just before i went that i realized that it wasn't my calling now it wasn't in fact it had started a lot earlier as i was testing because the more i tested the more i realized that this was not for me but i'm so glad i did that process because it removed the question from my mind. And now I'm happily engaged and soon to be married. But I, I can say that testing the vocation, you've got absolutely nothing to lose because, you know, you're, you're at least giving yourself to God and giving him the chance to have that testing. And, and if he says, no, it's not, a, it's not an insult. It's, it's, it's in fact, in some ways, liberating. So I believe you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain from that process.
1: I fully agree. And, and I, I think it's probably better to, to, to proceed down the line of the possibility of the priesthood rather than standing back and being uncertain. Uh, I, I think some fellows can be... We sometimes talk about uh, about serial procrastinators. <laughs> These are guys who, you know, think and think and think. But if, in one sense, you can think too much. Yeah. In one sense, you can uh, hold back too much. It's mm-hmm. probably better to have a go and it'll become clear. And, of course, the, one of the most reassuring things in the end is that you present yourself... Uh, to the to the church, for for uh, for the priesthood, and ultimately for ordination. It's the church who makes the final decision. The church who says we believe that you are called.
0: And that's that's a very interesting point because people think, well, even if I do go into the seminary, that that's it. I'm a priest. But it's not at all. It's six seven years. To work out, it's not as if you're coerced at that point once you sign the dotted line for the seminary. Uh, obviously, you'd, you'd want a majority to go the way of the priesthood. But but it's in that context where, you know, six or seven years and, and it allows you to to discern within that time.
1: It's very true. And as rector of the seminary, of course, I've accompanied a lot of uh, young men over the, the seven years that I was rector. And one of the things that uh, was always a great joy for me was when a fellow would come and sit down with me and say, look, um, I've been thinking about this for a while. I really don't believe I'm called to the priesthood. And But then they go on and say, but I'm so grateful for the time I've had in the seminary. I've learned so much. I've grown so much. I've deepened my prayer life so much. And many of them will go on and, and make great contributions to the church and they've benefited from the experience in the seminary, so it's not as though it's wasted time. It's not as though it was just a a dead end that didn't produce any fruit. In fact, even if it's just one year, um, that the the benefit that that the person has achieved uh, has realised through that has been great. And so it's another reason to uh, to sort of say, look, unless there's unless you're convinced there's not, I think you should proceed down the path of continuing to test it and even if, if you go in the seminary and decide it's not for you it's not as though it's been a wasted experience.
0: And certainly I, I found that with with the particular the bishop when I had to sort of, I'd gone through this process, I was about to leave and I had to give him the phone call saying I'm not going and I, and I felt oh no, what's he going to say you know, like he's we've been through the process, we've said yes and he was like, "I'm very happy for you. That's excellent. That's and it was not the response I expected. And I think some people, you know, we're not trying to tell them to to leave, but I'm just saying that that it's not you're not being put in prison by going to the seminary.
1: No, and 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 there's no sense of somebody saying you're a failure or something mm. like that. You, you've you've often you've offered yourself to to God. You've offered yourself to the church you've tested this calling and often in the seminary too there's been a process whereby you've been talking to members of the staff and so forth so it's not as though it's a sudden decision either the staff of the seminary would know about it and the bishop too may be aware that look he's a really good man he has uh, given it his best shot it's clear that this is not for him and the bishop said that's fine that's great go on be a good Catholic, <laughs> contribute to the church in the ways that become appropriate in the future. Maybe even you'll end up running a radio station.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who knows of And David, by the way, just to give another in-plug to uh, Cradio, we've got a vocation show starting very, very soon. So when that starts, have a listen to that because in that vocation show, you may learn different ways by which you can test your vocation Hear the call of God So stay tuned to Cradio as well Nice little inner plug to another show uh, We hope that uh, That vocation show Which is is going to be run by Vocational experts Will also help people who are Discerning their vocation Thank you for your call well, That wraps up for this edition of Q&A with Bishop Julian. Remember if you want to ask your questions Go to our website Cradio.org.au